0: Well welcome to the Computer Security Seminar at Purdue University. Our speaker today is Ahab Al from DePaul University. He's associate professor of computer science and director of the Multimedia Network Research Lab. His topic today is toward autom- autonomic uh, security policy management. He changed the screen on me right while I was reading. Ahab sorry. Thank you. Let me just uh, do one more of this control here, to see if it comes here. CD and great. Something had worked with me today. Thank you very much for inviting me here. And sorry for being uh, late here in this talk, but I never thought that. uh, Lafayette is closer to New York than Chicago, so uh, I thought it's really uh, the same time zone, so I just figured it out in, the way, in my way here when I was talking by consonant that is we are in difference one hour. So um, I'll try to make this, uh, this uh, talk short and to the point, uh, and I will also uh, skip some slides, slides because of this delay. <coughs> uh, so I'm glad to be here, and I will be talking to you about the autonomic of Autonomic means automated, self-automated uh, management for security policies. And I will focus on two issues or two aspects of, of security management, verification and optimization. <clears throat> Here's the outline of the talk. So uh, we will first uh, set the ground for the challenges of the next generation security policies. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what is a security policy and what are the current uh, challenges that security policies are facing. Then we'll talk about our contribution in this area in two-folds, the verification aspect and the optimization aspect. Verification means how is your policy, security policy, is correct. How can you tell if your security policies is consistent and, and is good enough for your enterprise, for your network? And second one, optimization, means how can I make my security policies as Powerful as efficient as, should, as supposed to be. So these are two issues in security are very important. The first one is correctness How can I make sure my policy is correct? Second one is performance and we cannot trade one for another We always have to look for Correctness and performance. No one here in this room would like to go and <clears throat> purchase a hundred percent verified correct protocol uh, But it will uh, make him wait for an hour to do a transaction on the internet And no one also would like to go and get something really cheap and fast, but it uh, has a lot of holes and bugs. Somebody else might steal your... uh, uh, There is not correct, means it's not correct because somebody else might steal your your password or your credit card information. So correctness and speed or performance, both are important objectives that sometimes we have to compromise between them. Uh, Then we're going to show some uh, evaluation and talk about related work. uh, this is just a snapshot of the Multimedia Lab. This is a set of, uh, selected set of projects is running there. As you can see, we focus uh, mainly in uh, policy management that uh, centered around uh, four major themes, verification, optimization, testing, evaluation for security policies. And we do have some other projects in different directions, too. There's the members of the Multimedia Lab. Their names are also on the web and sponsors. This research is sponsored by... Cisco Systems, Intel Research, uh, Aramco, Sun Microsystems, and NSF. Um, Here is uh, what I can frame out as a security system that has algorithms, protocols, and also policies. Many people uh, in the past, they have an extensive research and conduct an extensive research in the area of protocols, security protocols, and security algorithms. Very little attention has been made to the policies. But for your attention, policies is the one actually controlling algorithms and protocols. So if we have misbehaved policy, misconfigured policy, then algorithms and protocol does not help anymore. So this is why attention has to go to the policies, not only to the protocols, which is maybe correct, an algorithm. In other words, if you have a correct protocol, verifiable verifiable protocol, as well as an algorithm, it doesn't mean that you have a secure system until you have a secure policy or correct policy. Now, what are the challenges in security policies pertaining management of these policies and I'm talking here about verification and configuration. How can you know if your policy is correct? How can you configure your policy in a large-scale network? This is a real challenge, uh, challenging problem for anyone who works in the field of you know, network security, have any exposure during internship or any kind of collaboration in in the industry, you would know that any network security device has a policy, what do you call it, a policy that's manually configured through a system administrator. <coughs> and this policy is basically a set of rules, simple rules, that specify what packets to allow, what packets to deny, as simple as that. It's an access control rules, tell you what packets being been permitted, what packets should be declined, or what traffic should be declined. <coughs> These policies, although uh, is a rule-wise policies, Are really complex in terms of semantics because the order of the rules gives you a different meaning means i can have the same set of order same set of rules if i just flip the order give you a different behavior every time you change the order of the rule most most likely you will get a different semantics so It's not not synthetically what's important. It's semantically what's important here because we would like to understand how this policy behaves and that's related to semantics. And this semantics is is complex because, first, you have to give attention to the rule order. Second, you have to consider uh, policies with different uh, uh, matching semantics. Firewalls, for example, if a rule triggers, if a rule matches, it immediately stops. Any more analysis packets come in rule matches that 's it stops there. i be sick doing, do, doing it differently if a rule match it's going to look for another match so it might have multi trigger what we call it multi trigger versus single trigger so different security devices have different way to match packets that means your policy also has to go with this <clears throat> not only this but uh, the Number of rules that could exist in a single firewall, just single firewall, could vary to up to 15,000 and sometimes 20,000 rules in one single firewall. A very reasonable number of rules in one single firewall, 1,500, and it's just a mid-sized enterprise, 1,500 rules. And you need to know that all these rules are correct, and they are in the same order. Okay, order semantics is important. In addition to this, I'm just giving you as complication and, and the, the challenges of, of managing security policies, that these policies which reside in, in devices, they are not in isolation from each other. Means one policy in firewall might affect another policy in another firewall. So they are interacting with each other globally to form what we call it the Global Network Security Policies. So here you are not looking at <coughs> single device verification, but also you're looking at the interaction between devices and the interaction between the policies of these devices. So you can see how much the problem is complexity is is exponentially increasing as we look at the number of rules within device and the number of devices within your network. I was giving a similar talk in Inter Research <coughs> six months ago. And they told me that in their enterprise in their network or enterprise, just in their local California, some Sacramento area, they have more than 20,000 firewalls, including the firewalls in the hosts. Uh, you know, f- host firewall as, lo- as, lo- as well as network firewall. more than 20,000. Everyone can go and download a firewall in his machine or in his desktop or laptop and just configure it. Nobody can prevent you. So we have, that now, you have to remember that your firewall that you put in your machine is not the only one determining your policy there are some other firewalls somewhere in your network that also determine that will determine your 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 total or your complete policy behavior here and that's a very important issue so uh, this is not talking about heterogeneity different policies have different kind of format not talking about the dynamic uh, topologies where topology might be changing if the topology changed then the policy has to be changed accordingly with all of this in mind, we can see that how complex and how infeasible to really manage this manually. So, it, there's no point of doing this manually. And, and those who are dealing with this issue manually, they have more problems than they have security, unfortunately. Second thing, uh, <clears throat> even if you come to a configuration side, you want to edit a rule or you want to configure a rule. Um, how easy to configure a rule in a firewall? Well, if you have a network of, let's say, 150 firewall and IPsec devices and then you want to insert a rule, how easy is this? Well, first of all, you want to know what rule to insert and what role this rule will have. What role? Is it for encryption or is it for access, access control? Third, what device or what sets of devices this rule will have or should have? Third fourth what are the order what is the order of this rule in each one of these devices so it's an elaborate process that is it's uh, humanly incomprehensible uh, and it's very highly error prone if we just do it manually and this is why you need an automated uh, uniform interface to configure security devices from endpoint view without knowing its you know, is this supposed to be go to an IPSec device or an IDS device or a firewall device? You have an objectives and the objective will be translated into rules. Rules will be configured in, into the appropriate devices without the intervention of the human. <clears throat> you can see from what I just described the complexity of managing uh, security policies in terms of verification or in terms of editing and modification of your security policies. Failing doing this in the correct, in the correct way Or in a correct manner uh, will lead into a catastrophe into the network for example you may get all kind of problems you might get denial of service attack because you allow traffic that comes into your network that's not supposed to be allowed you can deny legitimate traffic as we're gonna see or you can uh, have redundant uh, rules that decrease performance in your in your network in another token, I'm not sure if you're going to have time to uh, address uh, all these challenges here with the, with the delay we have today. Now, Another, another important thing, which I was just going to mention, a very simple thing to hear about. In the optimization area, of uh, 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 policy optimization area, is whenever you configure a policy, your policy is set. It's static. It doesn't change. Is this the right way to do it? I mean, why, why the policy has to be static? Well, the traffic is not static. The traffic is dynamic. And the properties of, of the traffic is dynamic. Why the policies cannot be dynamic as, long, uh, uh, as well as the policy, as well as the traffic? Why the policies are not dynamic enough to adapt to the traffic properties? What do I get out of this? I will, I will get a lot out of this. First, I will, I will match traffic that's more prominent, more frequent first. So I will decrease the overhead of matching and I will improve the performance of firewall. Second, I can react to attack attacks faster. Imagine your policy is static. Novel attacks come in. The policy doesn't change. But if the policy is dynamic, learns the new attack, change its behavior, so it will reject the attack immediately. That's what we want. That's the challenge of the optimization. When I talk about, about optimization, I mean that. I mean policies have to be dynamically optimized itself to fit the right traffic and the right environment this is basically the center of my talk the two the, the theme that really uh, uh, goes across all my talk is autonomic or you can call it autonomic is a word invented by IBM to mean self automated so how we can make policies self adaptive and self self verifiable policies so in the first part of the talk we'll talk about verification how we can make sure that your policy is free of conflicts. Rule could be conflicting with another rule just because policy were written by different people. Uh, you have different system administrators. The policy has been written different times. Uh, and this is very normal. So how can you verify, how can you purify your, your policy from any kind of anomalies or any kind of misconfiguration that, uh, that might be exist in a single firewall? I'm talking about single firewall here. In order to add this problem, we said, okay, our first step simply is to look at the relation between uh, rules in in a single firewall. So this is an example of a rule. X and Y, these are two different rules. So it has five tables. Protocol field, uh, IP source, uh, source port, IP destination, and then source. This is a destination port. So X and Y are two rules. What are, what is the relation between these two rules? Well, disjoint. They are completely disjoint. There is nothing uh, co- in common between these two. This is one relation. The other one, they could be exactly matching. This is this one and this one, exactly look alike. So there's nothing really big brainer about that. So uh, second one, this should be. There could be some kind of relation like here. X is actually a subset of Y. Rule X is subsetifier because look at the wild wildcard over here. That means this X is really subsidified, Y is a superset of, of X. So this is what we call it, inclusive matching, the relation between the two rules. Uh, here you, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, you have another uh, relation called partially disjoint. Some of the field have subset-superset relation, but others are completely uh, uh, disjoint like here because I have the destination port number, completely different. Make these two two rules uh, uh, disjoint or partially disjoint. Why partially? Because some part of the rule is actually... uh, 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 has subset-superset relation. Another, The fifth one, which is an interesting one, what we call correlated rules. Simply the correlated rules, two rules that intersect with each other. Imagine two circles here and that intersect with each other. So they have a common... Intersection area between them. Where is this intersection here? Look at these two rules, X and Y. Well, the intersection between X and Y is this rule. If a traffic coming to 140, 192, 33, 40, going to 161, 121, 27, 30, is actually this space, this address space, exists in, in X as well as in Y. In this case, we call them correlated, because they are not any one of the previous relation. They are not exact match, they are not disjoint, they are not inclusive, this is correlation. So we come up with this kind of a new categorization of relation between rules, which is simple and very straightforward. Next step, we say, okay, by the way, these relations are distinct and they are complete. Means if I take a union of all these relations, I will get the universal relation set algebraically between any two rules. So that means no one will come later on and tell you, oh, there is one relation you forgot. Okay, at, you know, we have this closure to say, okay, this is, this is the only relation that you can have. So that's, that's a piece of uh, comfort here for us because now we can now go on in our analysis and add actions to the rule. What our firewall rules has? The condition and action. The condition is what we have seen here. This here is the condition. Protocol, source, port, blah, blah, blah. This is basically the condition. But you can see there's no action. What action firewall will have? Permit or deny. Now, if I put an action over here into this relation, I can now show different classification of uh, rule conflict that could exist in a single firewall. Just by putting an action there, I can... Using this relation will allow me now to determine different types of, uh, uh, class- different types of conflict that could occur in a single firewall. rule. So, for example, here, if two rules, if one rule is coming in an order before if rule Rx, before rule Ry, and Rx is inclusive match, I am here is inclusive match with Ry, the action is different. What do you think this will happen? Let me give you an example. Here's an example. Y and X. If I have this rule Y and rule X in my policy like this, can somebody tell me what, what the expected behavior here? What, is this, what does this mean? What is the relation between X and Y? Y is what of X? Is Y exactly like X? Is Y is superset, subset of X? Superset. Okay. And Y has deny and X has accept. Traffic come in. Distant to rule X or traffic come in to to this particular IP address. 3340 going, going to 2740. What will happen to this traffic? It will be denied. Because Y comes first and we have to go sequentially in the matching. So, Y will hit will be hit before X. That means X here is useless. So, every time you go and complain, you know, I don't receive my traffic, I don't see anybody uh, my web traffic is is, uh, uh, is, not, is unaccessible, my web uh, services are unaccessible. What, what is wrong? You go to your policy, you check your policy, you'll find a rule say for this web traffic should be allowed. But you never you overlooked your policy and never know that there is a rule somewhere in the top of the policy that's in a superset of this rule the shadow, we call it shadow, shadow this rule that makes this rule basically useless and ineffective. And this is one type of policies that you might have, one type of conflict that you might have. Correlation. uh, An example of correlation like this. X and Y are two correlated rules. Uh, Now, if there are two correlated rules, so what? What's the problem with this? Well, the problem here uh, is related to the intersected area between them, the area which is common between them. Look, if X comes before Y, as we have in in, in this screen, what will happen to this traffic in the white color going from 3340 to 2730? It will be denied. But if I just flip, make Y before X this traffic coming to this white address space will be accepted. Now, this sort of ambiguity in the policy is, uh, is really confusing. And uh, we, we, we don't know which one is uh, the right semantics. So the administrator has to be notified about this. By the way, you have two correlated rules. And these correlated rules, there is no one meaning that might be logically always true. So which one you mean? It is something that introduces ambiguity. And this, is, this is, could be conf- uh, classified as, also as a conflict. Generalization, I'll skip that because it's not really a conflict. Redundancy is a problem because redundancy means two rules or multiple rules have the same meaning. Why you have them in the, in the same firewall if they have the same meaning? If this rule, rule Y, rule X, you know, have the same meaning, why you have them there? Actually, they have harmful be uh, harmful uh, results in your firewall because the more rule you have the more matching and the more your uh, performance will be degraded so we need to remove uh, uh, redundant rules well that's a very simple argument so why we didn't remove them because we have to be careful what do you say about rule x and y here are they redundant or not x and y yeah. It depends whether, I mean, on the ports, because especially when you're looking at the ports, if you're looking at from port to any to 53, you might have applications that utilize more than the 53 port at that point. If you want to, if you want to keep the ports open for that, for, for more than one thing. You are kind of looking behind these two rules, right? And this is correct. Look at this. If you look at these two, you're definitely going to say, one of them I can remove x because x is a subset of y and if I take out x there's nothing change in my policy. I still have the same behavior in my policy because actually x is a, superset, uh, x is a subset of y and they both accept. But as our friend just said, you know, I cannot do that. Maybe there's somebody else is, is having a different range is using it. So what if I have z in between here? z is, is a rule that comes between x and y. Now this makes X and Y are both mandatory because X is a subset of Z and Z is a subset of Y. Even for this simple relation, redundant, it is not easy to remove as we imagine. You just go and look for two two similar rules and remove them. I have to look at redundancy in the context of the entire policy. This Z coming in between makes both of them necessary. And makes the policy has a different semantics. And this is what I just want to draw your attention. Even the simple one here is not simple. The last one is irrelevant, and irrelevant means — and this is very highly exist in Firewall today. Some rules, they are sitting there and never been activated. Why? Because actually, the firewall sits in a, in a completely different network. Or a, the IP addresses is, is, not, is not correct. Uh, it has been moved from one network to another. Is misconfigured and this we call irrelevant the firewall will never use them <clears throat> these these kind of uh, conditions or these kind of conflicts or you can see it misconfiguration now it's being formalized algebraically in this format and that has a meaning what is the meaning of this now i can build a simple tool that takes this kind of formalization and just process my policy and automatically find out all kind of conflicts or misconfiguration in my policy without any human or manual inspection of the policy and that's really the goal of this to come up with a a formalization that's theoretically sound so uh, and and also performance wise is doable so we can uh, uh, run this verification uh, on time now this is looking at one single firewall what if you have multiple firewalls like here Do, do we speculate any kind of conflicts between firewalls themselves Okay, we know there could be a conflict between rules in the same firewall, but is there a conflict could happen between rules of different firewalls? Yes, one firewall might say allow a traffic, and the other fi- firewall might say deny this traffic. What will happen here? If a firewall, we call it upstream firewall, say deny, the downstream close to you, your host firewall say allow, the traffic will be denied regardless if you say allow or not, and you're downstream. And this is called shadowing, because my upper uh, hand firewall said deny, and that means I will never receive this traffic. I want this to be clarified. Who is correct? Is it the downstream or the upstream? We have to identify this problem first of all, and then we solve it. The opposite might happen. What will happen if the reverse, the upstream firewall, close close to the internet, for example, Allow the traffic, but your firewall in your enterprise deny it. So the traffic goes into your network, travel into your connections, goes all the way to your machine and is being denied. This is a waste of bandwidth. We call it spurious traffic. This could happen all the time in enterprises and this could be a potential of denial of service if I have a lot of... <clears throat> if I have... What is that? Do you have a cat here or something? Okay. <laughs> Uh, we have run out of time, so if you want to take a minute or two to, to summarize. To summarize, right. sure. So if we uh, uh, want to allow a system administrator to look at this problem uh, uh, and manually inspect it, it's just uh, going to be incomprehensible because it will, he will not look at an enterprise of three firewalls, but you might have hundreds or maybe uh, thousands of firewalls exist in the same enterprise, and you need to analyze them in, in an automated way. This is what we come up with, 16 conditions. How many conditions we have in a single firewall here? We have about two, three, seven, seven conditions in a single firewall. And what, uh, what we said before that is a union of this. If you can make sure that every one of these conditions doesn't exist in your firewall, that means your firewall is uh, correct, or your policy if your firewall is correct. Here we have 16 conditions. Uh, the, the, these conditions, each one of these conditions, is to determine to determine one conflict that might happen between two d- two different firewalls. I talked about shadowing, talked about spurious redundancy, is uh, is uh, clear to you, I guess, intuitively clear. Let me drop all the way to correlation here. What correlation between two different rules in different firewalls might lead to? It will lead to shadowing or spuriousness this is uh, shadowing, or spuriousness. And I hope you understand at least the meaning of spuriousness or shadowing. Shadowing means you are not getting the traffic which is you think it's legitimate for you, because some other firewall denying it. Spuriousness means some traffic is coming into you, but you don't need it. It's unnecessary, causing extra bandwidth consumption and potential of denial of surface. So, what we have done, similarly, we proved that the union of these conditions uh, gives you the comprehensive conflict and the complement of this makes a correct policy. That means there is no other condition that I can add to this in order to, to, to uh, uh, make a new conflict or create a new misconfiguration. Now, <clears throat> let me uh, end by showing you the implementation of this. Because this is an IPsec. We have done something different for IPsec. Here's our classification of the policies. Uh, as uh, published in IEEE Communication Magazine last April, uh, we have a really nice digestible discussion of uh, conflicts and uh, uh, classification of conflicts in, uh, in security policies. that can be you know, understood by even engineer in the field, not necessarily have all this theorem there. Uh, uh, and then we, we also show uh, <clears throat> the implementation of, of this tool. Let me just before I go to the implementation. This is the old implementation of the tool, but here I, we, we have done an interesting experiment here. I'm going to end with this. This in- experiment, we, we pre- pretty much uh, hire uh, uh, 28, 28 system administrators at different levels, expert, intermediate, and beginners. And uh, we give them an exercise, simple exercise, to configure an enterprise of about four or five firewalls and uh, uh, and then we looked at uh, their mistakes compared to the tool we have it's interesting to see that uh, yeah let me use this that in, uh, in in expert level okay in expert level you can have up to 80% of of mistakes in every 100 rule, there is eight rules misconfigured in intermediate level 13% in a single firewall the first table up there is a single firewall 27% for beginners in the enterprise distributed uh, firewall connect- connections here you can have up to 18% of errors in the expert side in the intermediate side 26 in the beginner side, it's almost useless. It's 40, 40% of errors. 40% means here every 10, 100 rules, 40, 40 rules might be faulty. This is a real-life real, real life experiment we have done uh, to show this. And finally, the implementation of this, uh, I'm just going to show you the most recent one. Uh, just, uh, this is for the enter. As you can see here, I cannot, oh, maybe I can. Uh, you can see here, like for example, this is actually, I'm using IPSec example here, but this is similar effect. So uh, you, you, you have an interface where you can configure your uh, security uh, devices connectivity here. We don't need the whole topology, but at least the security devices topology. And then uh, the, there is a, a way to uh, uh, download or uh, uh, upload, actually. Upload your, your policy and and then you can have the result over here, tells you if there's any spuriousness, if there's any shadowing between two, uh, between two devices or a single device. And also suggest, uh, recommend an action. How to rectify this problem. Should you eliminate a rule, change a rule, it, it will recommend. It will not fix it by itself, but it will recommend. Uh, uh, this is really, uh, I know it's just maybe uh, uh, most of the talk. There are some other remaining uh, parts of the talk, but I would uh, uh, really... Uh, map you to, or refer you to, my uh, homepage, uh, which is, oh, yes, to uh, look at some other related issues, Whom? I think we have your on our website, okay, good, so, anyway, it is here, uh, uh, you can see many papers in this area, and uh, some of these papers are, really meant to be read and revised by people who are in the field and some of them are for researchers who are, you know, uh, uh, looking forward to extend uh, and bring more uh, novelty into this area. So thank you very much for uh, giving me this opportunity and for your patience of having this 10 minutes or more than that actually, 15 minutes more. Thank Thank you.